And good afternoon, everyone. My name is Mike Cisneros, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. We'd like to welcome all of the folks that are joining us here at Braxton Brewing Company in Covington today, our live audience. We thank you very much for attending and hope you're going to enjoy our program. We'd also like to welcome everybody on Periscope TV who's joining us. We're a little bit behind schedule today. Uh, We said that we were going to be going on about 4.30 uh, but we had some technical difficulties, but those are all smoothed out. All of that is out of the way, and I am joined today by the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the gnarly gnome. Gnome, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you. And on my immediate right is the queen of Cincy craft beer commentary from Oakley Pub and Grill in beautiful downtown Oakley, Ohio, Tina Cisneros. Tina, good afternoon. Ahoy, ahoy. And on my far right are three of the hottest men in Cincinnati Craft Brewing. Uh, We are joined, we are so graciously invited this Sunday afternoon uh, to join Jake, Evan, and Greg Rouse from the Braxton Brewing Company. Ladies and gentlemen, give these guys a round of applause. I think they really deserve uh, a nice hand for everything they're doing for the craft beer uh, industry here in Cincinnati. Gentlemen, I love what you've done with the place. Well, thank you. The last time I was here, there were people painting, and there were there were big fans worrying, and there was uh, all kinds of hustle and bustle. Uh, we listened a little bit on the way over in the car. Uh, March 27th is when uh, we met with you, I think, and then the date was the, the following Friday. Uh, there's been a lot of water under the bridge, and yet it's only been four and a half short months. Tell us a little bit about what it's taken you guys just to get to this point from where we first met you back in March. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's been wild. I mean, yeah, you were here opening day, one week prior to opening day, and uh, just four months, like you mentioned, is, is wild. We, we view it more like closer to years. I mean, if you think about what's occurred in those four months, we've, we won our first medals at the Commonwealth Cup down in Lexington. We've added two 80-barrel fermenters, tripling our production capacity as we plan future expansion, new products, new markets. Um, it's to, to have it all happen in four months has been amazing, but the best part about it has been everybody coming out. I mean, the support that we've received from the community every step along the way has just been incredible. I mean, that's, that's why when we think about four months as being almost a year, we're like, wow. Uh, it, it just feels like it's, it's been <laughs> it, so long. It feels like it's been longer, and we came with a, a little tiny recorder, and I brought a video camera and a couple other things, but we've gotten a little bit bigger too. Yeah, we've yes, kind of stripped our arms out. We've got some uh, gear. Hopefully, it makes everything sound better. Everything sound good. But um, what are some of the things? And we're going to get to. We're going to get into the beer fridge. We've got a great flight uh, set up for us uh, from the guys here at Braxton. But tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that's happened that that you th- that went as you know smoothly as as you you were expecting. Some of the stuff that maybe didn't go as well as you thought and some of the stuff that maybe surprised you along the way there there's all kinds of things right i mean it, you never know what to expect is not only new business owners but new new entrants into the craft beer market uh being one of cincinnati's newest breweries was not only exciting but you know you you kind of take a step back and you kind of think okay there's a lot of big players in this area uh you want to make sure that you're living up to what you want to be and you want to make sure that you're matching what they are 
right? So everybody has dreams. My dream has come true, as you can see. Absolutely. Um, but it, there's been a lot of different things, right? So as we grew, uh, I can tell you honestly that nowhere along the lines did I think we'd be ordering 280 barrel fermenters to triple our capacity within months after opening. Because there were plans, when we had our interview that day, there were plans for expansion, but you know, even you said you wanted to be slow and steady, and 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 you didn't think want, you didn't think 160 barrels was necessarily a slow correct, and steady pace. Correct. We wanted sustained, smart growth, and we feel that we're still doing that to this day. Um, but from the start of this, I don't think any of us would have ever imagined happening to order those tanks. I think it was six weeks after we opened our doors. Yeah. Uh, just to keep beer in the pipeline. Uh, and we've not even broken the Ohio market yet, so it's yeah. Been we're, we're we're really focused on being in Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky's our home. This is kind of our main goal. I mean, certainly we'll be bridging the river soon. Well, um, you're in Great American Ballpark. We are in Great American I mean, Ballpark. You know, every time I go down there, I get a Sparky and sit in my seats and Thank cheer you. on the Reds. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, they you know, I bounce back. I, you know, I try to spread it around, but I bounce <laughs> back and forth between probably you and Blank Slate the most. You know, sure. but uh, well, but, thank you. Um, Greg, anything? This must be blowing your mind. It absolutely blows my mind, and I think, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And, and I'll tell you one of the things you 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 mentioned in your question: Do you want to, you know, do you have any thoughts on something that you didn't expect? I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that I didn't expect after just four short months, right? Is is when we opened this place, you know, on opening day, we opened with four beers, right? Right, right we yeah. four beers. And they, they was they were all good beers, right? But but today, just four you know just four months later, I just redid the beer sign in the window this morning. We we have nine brands on right now, and four of those brands also on nitro. I didn't expect that. So you're you're because you had 20 taps. This was another thing we talked about. Right. I told you, oh, there's got to be right. you know a quarter of those, five of those has got to be your guest taps. And then you're gonna, but you're halfway to the to the 20 distinct not the 20 distinct beers but 20 beers and then some on nitro nine, and, nine distinct know, beers nine distinct and four variations of right. those on nitro right. with more coming well and i kind of think that we were a little bit suspect too when we first heard that 20 taps by the end of the year actually really? tina you were our inspiration <laughs> <laughs> i i, I like, just that, that i just sounds so ambitious but by god it's happening i just so. want you to know that i pipe that podcast through this place every day where where you <laughs> you specifically said i just don't think that's possible <laughs> thank you for proving me wrong right. well and one of the things we discussed too when we were when we when, when i came in and spoke to you guys is the sense of community i mean it's a saturday it's a sunday afternoon but you've got a, a great group of people here. You've got some folks playing uh, Cards Against Humanity over there, which is awesome. People just sitting around talking, some people coming in with their lunch or early dinner yeah, that and enjoying the really beer. Good over there. Uh, that's, that, that, that almost happened like almost right away for you guys, though, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, we built the space to be what breweries used to be in historic England. I think we, we talked about that, right? It was big leather couches, the ability to sit down and relax, bring your dog, bring your kids. Uh, and It's open to everyone, right? And, and you can make the space your own. And frankly, that's that's one of the reasons we launched the Starter Coffee brand. Um, that that really solidified our, our goal and mission to, to being a different space and a different brewery where we could invite the startup community to use the space. And it's been really fun. We've got a handful of startups that use it every day. 
Yeah, we I, we ran some guys out here before. They sounded like they were talking business. They were talking yeah. business around some beers, talking about. I mean, I, I it was over my head, uh, but but you know, talking about just business stuff and trying to get some stuff going. So you, you're right, and, and hey, beer's a great lubricator. Sometimes you can come up with an idea or, or, or get out an idea maybe more readily with a beer or two, right. and sometimes than 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 not. So um, absolutely. Well. It, it, Again, we just appreciate you guys having us today, and we're going to de- enjoy these, uh, this delicious flight, and uh, I'm going to hit this thing. Beer fridge. I'm going to hit it again. <laughs> from the beer fridge. So really not from the beer fridge, but from the tap, uh, the wonderful taps here at uh, Braxton Brewing Company. Uh, and um, is this... Is this a typical lineup. This is kind of we kind of asked you for some stuff that we hadn't had quite had yet, and we're really interested in the twisted bit. Our our flights are a little bit different. That we we kind of let the consumer choose what flights they want, but there's always the standard four, which are Storm, Sparky, Crankshaft, and Deadblow. Um, now now that we're continuing to grow with the number of beers we have on tap, uh, it gets a little tricky, especially for people that want to try our newer products. So you have in front of you, you have Storm, Twisted Bit, Crankshaft, and Dead Blow Coffee, uh, which is Dead Blow with our own pro- proprietary blend of coffee, which is Starter. Starter Coffee. Uh, and Starter, from the get-go, when we said we were going to do a coffee program, the idea was that not only did we want an amazing coffee, we wanted a coffee that we could pair with Dead Blow, uh, being a year-round stout that you can consume easily in the summer. Um, we added I'm going it. for it. I don't. We, <laughs> we, let's start go. it from the it wrong is, end. It is. It is. It is tempting me. Just we we added a shitload it. of coffee to that beer. Um, that's that's the first thing you get is just that coffee right off the bat. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. But it, I mean, it, that's that should that should be illegal. And you know, <laughs> I want to have it for breakfast. I was down here one Sunday, grabbing a uh, grabbing a growler of of the, of the dead blow, and I ran into Richard. And he remembered me, thank goodness, from the from the day I was in here. And he told me, you know, people have been doing it all wrong. They've been putting the coffee into the... Now, Now he told me that what he wanted to do was pour the coffee and then pour the dead blow on top of it. Is that what this is? Or is no, this- so, so before we actually brewed an actual full batch of a coffee beer, uh, the one thing that we have is we have what's a device called a Joe Tap. Uh, it allows us to pour coffee cold brewed standard or cold brew on nitro. Um, and what we found is that for us coffee beer lovers, we could take, you know, a pint of nitro dead blow and then pour a pint of nitro coffee on top of it, and you instantly have a nitro coffee beer. Um, this beer, however, was brewed with coffee, so post fermentation on the cold side. We added roughly two and a half barrels per pound, or two two and a half pounds per barrel of coffee. In dry form or in the in, in dry form? Dry, dry coffee? Form. Okay. Dry coffee, full bean. Full bean uh, coffee. Almost essentially dry hopping um, okay. to the beer and let it age for three to four days. Um, and then we pulled the beer, we kegged it, and we put it on tap. And what I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a lot of great coffee beer. Mount Carmel makes a great coffee coffee brown ale, um, but 
there that beer is kind of sweet so when you you get the coffee and then you get you know you get the coffee and then you get some of the sweetness of the beer and it gives it some vanilla notes and things like that but this is this is coffee and this is black coffee because the dead blow is so dry it's such a dry yep. stout that it's really a man's you know and that, and 16 ounce cup of black black heavy coffee yep. Tina, how do you feel about that statement? Well, I like mine with milk and sugar, so it's fine. I Whatever. Do, I do too. I mean, I really do. I mean, I drink oh, four Lord. or five cups of the. I, no, I drink four or five cups of with milk and sugar every day. But this is, this is amazing. I'm a coffee lover. I drink our coffee every day, uh, whether it's cold, whether it's on nitro or hot. Um, Which we should mention also, that coffee on Nitro is amazing if you guys haven't tried it yet. It's not really coffee time right now, but it kind of well, is. I, I, I that stuff is one. so good. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's been up since 3.30 a.m. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it is, um, for me, it was a way to, to do a coffee beer that was not only coffee forward, but if you actually, after you take your first couple sips, you can actually still find the main characteristics of Dead Blow that are prominent in that style of beer. So there is a slight fruity sweetness, although it finishes very, very dry. You get the characteristics of dark fruit. Um, but then if you, you know, like me, who drinks this coffee every day, you can find the same characteristics of the coffee. Right? You've got dark fruits, you've got strawberry, you've got chocolate in the coffee that can all shine through this beer. It's just another layer of complexity, which is very, very nice. I think it does. I think, it, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. So will uh, we see this one forever? I, so I'm not going to say it's going to be on tap forever. Uh, this was our first batch of it. It is very, very good. I'm very happy with now it. Now that's service. Um, we have a few different ideas to make it better. Um, the idea is that once this batch runs out, before it runs out, hopefully we have another batch to go on tap. Uh, I can't guarantee that, but hopefully a coffee version of Dead Blow will be on tap. What about all the on, time. on Nitro? Will we ever see it on Nitro? Yes. Uh, Sometimes. Th- there is one on Nitro right now. Oh, is there? Um, it is not perfect, but it will get better next time. So try it on Nitro. We found that. It's really strange. If you try it side by side, you'll see that uh, overall the coffee kind of deteriorates on nitro. Uh, you've got that reverse cascading head with the nitrogen bubbles kind of pulling out the aroma. So the overall coffee notes kind of go down. Right. And the flavor actually diminishes as well. And in our show where we, com- I, I came in and had the nitro and then took home the carbo. And, you know, I felt they were two completely different experiences almost tasted like two completely different yep, beers. Right. So, um, uh, Jonathan Gandalf brought us a uh, flight glass of the cold starter nitro coffee. and It's just fantastic. It doesn't, it doesn't no. even say... It, you it can says sit something. It says something a, else to me besides coffee. If, if, on a I hot, mean, it, sticky summer day, you can sit outside and drink this, and that's you know. It's like black coffee I, with as a coffee cream addict, I appreciate of it, it with no cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's well, really good. Well, as we know from our previous interview, uh, Evan uh, is a graduate of the uh, Hofbrau House in Newport. And Richard Dubay is a graduate of Molson, of a little bit of everything. Budweiser. Uh, so you two men know loggers. Probably there's probably more logger experience 
with the with the two of you than probably any other. It has think, to be I, any other brewer in Cincinnati. I think we we when we released Twisted Bit because um, we have Adam Rockhorse now as well, who worked at uh, Moorline Lager House for two and a half years. Uh, myself, who worked at Hofbrau for close to three years, and Richard, who's been in the industry for over 35 years. Uh, we did a fun little math number just to try to figure out how much lagering experience we have. It's north of 40 years. Yeah. Uh, granted, Richard makes up the most of that. So uh, I love the guy to death. Um, but it's a fun number. So is this stuff any good? <laughs> I love the beer. Um, it. Uh, so we, we've always said from the time that we launched that we wanted to do lagers. Um, lagers are very important to us. We all love lagers. Um, and this was our first chance. We finally we got the 80s in. We had an ability to, to brew this lager, um, given the fact that the 80s were coming in, that we could brew our core styles into those larger tanks. Um, so once we decided on a style, we were going to do a Pilsner, but it seems that every craft brewery that does lagers is doing Pilsners now. So we wanted to do something that wasn't typically seen or readily available on the market outside of Great Lakes uh, Dortmunder. We decided to do a Dortmunder. Uh, once we figured out the style, we wanted to figure out what we could do to make that style a little bit better. Uh, so we decided that given the way that we designed our brew house, uh, we were going to decoct it uh, because we designed our brew house specifically to be able to do decoction mashing. Um, and then we said, okay, what else can we do to make it a bit, a bit more complex? And that was matching the water profile of Dortmund, Germany. Um, so, Which I've heard this, but that doesn't make me be any less tickled about it because I think that's that is that's mad scientist stuff right there it's that cool. is that is that's hardcore stuff for the geeks out there yeah so and, and I think it's actually kind of funny talking to home brewers and talking to other professional brewers uh, especially on the homebrew level you don't find many people that actually understand water chemistry um, so when you actually get the ability to talk about it their eyes kind of open up like wow I can really do this at home yeah, it's fully, it's fully kind of reverse scalable down to the homebrew level. Um, we took, we had all of our water analyzed on what we use here in Covington. Uh, it's all carbon filtered. We use uh, an activated carbon water filter. Uh, we sent it in to get analyzed, and once it was analyzed, we um, we kind of went back. I'm I'm currently a Siebel student. Richard teaches at Siebel. Right. He helps build the modules and the courses at Siebel. Um, and we went through all that curriculum and material and kind of figured, okay, here's the program that could easily calculate it, but let's make sure that's accurate. Uh, so we kind of built up our own Excel spreadsheet. Um, people have built uh, pretty much the platform of which certain areas of water are, which would be Dortmund, Germany. So they took Dortmund, Germany's water, they had it analyzed, and they spit back the results. We looked at that, we looked at our water, we typed it in the spreadsheet that we had built, we looked at the program that was readily available, and we did the math to figure out what we needed to add to make it exactly like Dortmund water. Uh, which is, Dortmund water, for those that don't know, it's a little more... Nobody knows, but <laughs> please continue. We did. It's, it's, yeah, you did. It's, it's a lot more hard, uh, okay. and it's high in sulfates. Mm -hmm. So we were able to take our water, which is not as hard. Our water in Covington is still very hard, but it's not nearly as hard as that in Germany. Wow. And the sulfates are a lot lower. So we were able to take typical brewing water salts and put it into this Excel spreadsheet to figure out the volumes of those water salts that we needed to build this water. That paired with a decoction uh, and a longer lagering time turned into a beautiful lager. 
Um, it's it's. I, I'm crazy about lagers. I love it. It's got a it's got a sweetness to it. It's got a um, uh, incredible malt flavor, um, and so. The whole water thing. I mean, if you had just brewed it with Covington water, would it would would you might be able to taste the difference? Would I be able to taste the difference? Possibly. Um, it's a little more minerally, mi- minerally. Okay. Um, and that that kind of shows. Uh-huh. Um, the first time it hits your palate, you'll be able to tell. Uh-huh. Uh, unless you were trying them side by side, you might not be able to tell a difference. Right. Um, but for this beer, it is more um, kind of a mineral water forward. Uh, it gives you that kind of dryness on your palate. Uh, but given the style, it's almost a balance of a Munich Hellas and a Bohemian-style Pilsner. Uh, so it's higher in ABV. It's higher in IBU. It's a balance between the two. Uh-huh. That water yeah. characteristic kind of follows through. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's delicious. It's clean. It's uh, very drinkable. Uh, what's the ABV on it, by the way? ABV is 5.8. IBU is 30. Uh, so it's right, kind of right on the higher side of the style for a Dortmund Lager, um, and we're overall we're really really happy with how it turned out. Mine's gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next is the uh, we're, we're just kind of going backwards, but uh, sort of or back back and forth. Rolling around, kind of all over the board. This is the uh, this is the crankshaft, which I really like too. Uh, the crankshaft is their IPA too for. Hoppy, but not crazy hoppy. Very approachable for people that you know might be, might not want to have their teeth curled up. With the, the key the word bitterness. that you said there was approachable. Um, our whole our whole idea behind our core styles of beer was that they would be approachable. Um, I love our IPA. I love a lot of Cincinnati IPAs, but ours especially because it's. It's six percent. It's seventy-five IBUs. It drinks really, really smooth, really, really easy, um, but it's balanced, right? So the IBUs overall seventy-five, but it's not a bitter beer face beer, right? right? So right. it's easily drinkable um, and it, it balances well, right? I've had a lot of IPAs that I'll have a sip and I'm just like, man, that's really bitter. Right? There are a lot of breweries that are like, man, I need 150 IBUs in this beer to make it the next big IPA. Um, IPAs are 47% of the craft beer market. I don't want an IPA that's going to make that person not drink one of them. Right? You're going right. to have one, you're like, oh, I'm going right. to move on to the next beer. Right. Uh, with our particular IPA, I feel that you can have multiple of them without naming a specific number. I've known I've had a few, um, and I'm still okay. I so. understand. Um, and, and this also, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing. So this. This. And, there's, there's Periscope's watching a Periscope pizza delivery right now. Oh, oh, okay. Just so long That's as funny. you bring one up, bring us one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you have a place to go too. You have, you can go higher. You can go a hundred if you need to do that. Correct. If you can go. Eight and a half or nine percent. If you if you choose to do that, Correct. do you choose to do that? We will. Okay, good. Uh, that is you can't be in Cincinnati without a big um, IPA. Right. <laughs> that that kind of and I'll leave it very in a broad generality, stating that we won a, a chance to brew a collaboration beer with Widmer. Um, oh, so that's just, right. Yes, just, yes. Just be looking I, out for what beer that okay. beer style that particular okay. beer is. Yeah. All right. Well, that, uh, you won't be that, disappointed. I, I don't think. 
I think it just the imagination <laughs> runs wild. I'm sure. Uh, this is the this is the storm. Um, I you know <laughs> I like it. I love it, but and I'm not a. I love it because you, I know you're. Gonna, I'm not a cream ale fan. I, you know that's what I hear <laughs> from people. You talk about storm, but it's not a cream ale. Like it's, it reminds you kind of of a cream ale, but it doesn't have that kind of terrible creamed corn flavor that just yeah. Snacks storm you in the is face. one that I like more and more the more I drink it. The first time I wasn't super impressed, but every time I've had it since, I just like it more and more. I think it's delicious. Tell me what I'm. Tell me what I'm missing. <laughs> so no, I mean really. I mean I, I like it, but I, I, I told some people that I, when I had it here the, the first time when I came in is that I've had I've had this before. So every every beer. Am, am I wrong is about not, that? Or every beer we brew is very not for wrong. every particular person, right? Uh, but with Storm, it, it kind of. I mean, the the history of the beer Storm. Dates back before we opened, me homebrewing in a garage. Right, right. Yeah. That was the first beer I brewed. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a unique beer in the fact that we call it a golden cream ale, not a cream ale. Sure. Uh, so we kind of call out the fact that it's not your standard cream ale. Uh, it's not your Little Kings or your Genesis. It's, 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 a, it's yeah, it's it, a, I, had a, I had a Little Kings a couple of weeks ago from... <laughs> You're this man over here, courtesy, and it You're sure brave. as hell is You're not. Brave. It sure as hell is not Little King. It it's, was in a cocktail, a, by the it's way. It's about it's about five thousand times better than Little King. So it, it's uh, what we wanted to do here was that we wanted to take a style that not Cincinnati's known for cream ales, but this is not a standard cream ale, right? So the the reason we call it a golden cream ale is because. We feel that it's truly a blend between two different styles. You've got the golden ale, you've got a cream ale. The base recipe is a cream ale. However, the techniques that we use during brewing it lend itself more to a golden ale. It's a lar- it's a rather um, very clean fermenting beer. You don't get any DMS on the finish. Uh, we boil the shit out of it to get rid of that DMS, <laughs> so it finishes That's a more. Term. <laughs> so we finish more like. A gold nail rather than a cream ale. Um, we, it, it's a very very popular beer. It's one of my favorites to the day um, because it's it's very very approachable and it's almost like a gateway beer, right? You've got the people that have never tried craft beer before. They try that beer like, wow, this is craft beer. This, my yeah, da- my dad back there, a, a sixty year Miller Lite drinker and Strohs. Did you did you like did you like this? So he liked it very much. <laughs> so. Your grandpa's I, beer. I, I, I need. I need. Not, I need not. I need not speak anything else. Uh, excellent, gentlemen. Thank you for your commentary on that. Uh, might we get? Uh, uh, what do you guys have on tap right now? On tap right now, we have Storm Sparky Crankshaft Deadblow, Deadblow a Spark Starter Coffee, uh, Twisted Bit Trophy, Trophy. Um, gasket. Blown gasket, 1957. 1957. We have Storm on Nitro, Dead Blow on Nitro, Blown Gasket on Nitro. I think that covers it. <laughs> All right. Now yeah. that I know what I've missed, so what can we can we ask what's coming? We've we've heard a couple <laughs> little things in the last few days here. I'll tell you what. Uh, hold that thought. We're gonna do some business. We'll uh, come back. <laughs> I'm antsy now. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. No, you're this fine. is the internet. We can do whatever you want. Go ahead. 
you know, we've we've heard a little bit about maybe something with some some fresh hops. We've heard saw something about maybe a Vienna lager. We. Is I love there, investigative bloggers. Let me there, tell you that much. Uh, is there anything? I love that, that so much. We, any, say, I haven't heard any of that, so Gnome's doing a much better job at I, well, finding these things out than I am. What I'll say is, is, and Evan can talk more about the beers that, that he wants to talk about coming up, but uh, the industry as a whole is growing really quickly. And with that comes strain on the regulatory agencies which govern us, um, primarily beer labeling. Uh, beer labeling is a process that takes a significant amount of time. And when the individual who had done it for the past 10 years retired, uh, label approval went from 14 days to 44 days to 50 days, and now it's back down to around 20 days. So for us, we want to give ourselves the most flexibility as possible. So we're filing for label approval for styles that we believe we could brew, but may or may not necessarily be in the hopper or in the fermenter right now. Right. Um, I'll leave it at that. Evan, Evan... He yells at me whenever I disclose anything about beer, so we'll, we'll let him talk more about what he wants to talk about. There, there, there was a tweet. Uh, we all saw it. Um, we will be doing a fresh hop beer this year. Uh, we are partnering with Ohio Valley Hops to get those fresh hops. Shout out to Dave Volkman, um, who was a guest on the show. Dave Volkman. Dave Volkman. Uh, yes. From Ohio Valley House. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he divulged to us. Yes. That, off that the record. Off the do record. Do not tell anyone. Do not mention this to anyone, but yes. Yeah, so. we, are, we are working very closely with them to get the hops that we want, and it will be, it will be 100% wet hop beer, wow. uh, local hops, uh, local beer. So it's kind of goes back to kind of how we were founded what we're all about is not only just it's local right so you've got local ingredients we've got local beer it makes sense uh so we will be doing a wet hop beer i'm not going to disclose the style or what the actual beer is going to be but it will be wet hops and so that's official that's right straight from you guys right that is official that is official (laughs) very good I feel vindicated now because <laughs> Noam and I had an existential crisis during the week on on, on uh, I just, uh, with texts back and I forth. Don't well, yeah, I, was, can, I don't think you can always believe what Queen City stinks, drinks, whatever you know. I I, I don't always be- think you can believe what he says necessarily. It wasn't so necessarily I, official I have, until right now. I, yeah. I approach it with <laughs> caution. Yes. Well, I mean, again, you know, like I said, we, like we were to make asked, decisions on the fly here, Brian. Yeah. We were we were asked not to yeah. say anything. Correct. And we did not. So it it's it's one of those difficult things where especially as you're a production brewery you you've got a production schedule you rely on that you have to follow that um, whereas we're new right so we had totally over oversaw the entire idea of a wet hot beer well having a wet hot beer the ability to do a wet hot beer relies on a particular time of year right so yes. we're we're lucky in the fact that we're able to kind of shift a couple of things to make sure that we can do a wet hop beer um, and have it probably late fall. Excellent. So. Awesome. We'll be looking forward to that. Okay, listen, we're going to do some business right now. That was, get the thing up. It's up. Oh, wait a minute. From the beer fridge. And uh, we'll be right back with more with Greg, Jake, and Evan Rouse from Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. We are live at Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. And uh, we'll be back with more Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, right after this.
Hi everybody, Mike Cisneros here, and as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest in handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches, using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. And Brewhouse Dog Bones are not only good for your dog, they're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 18 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hill school districts. Brewhouse Dog Bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with the red dog bone at some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listerman Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse Dog Bones, to carry Brewhouse in your tap room or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette from Blank Slate Brewing in Cincinnati, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Brewing. Hey, we just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine, at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the contact us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. It may be summer, but that just means it's the right time to start thinking about the uniform needs for your fall and winter sports teams. Whether it's new embroidered gear bags for your volleyball club, silk-screened warm-up hoodies for fall baseball, or a hot new look for your basketball team, Eastgate Custom Graphics can work with you to capture your team's unique style. Eastgate Custom Graphics team design experts can help you to stand out from your competitors, and with great brands like Nike, Port Authority, Hanes, and more, ECG has the names your players want to wear. It's also not too early to think about back to school, and ECG has all your spirit wear needs. We have gear from many of the Eastside schools, and if you don't see it, just ask, and Eastgate Custom Graphics will design it for you. Eastgate Custom Graphics is located at 4459 Mount Carmel Tabasco Road, right next to St. Veronica. Talk to Don Hall or any of the design pros at ECG at 513-528-7944 or visit www.ecgraphicswithanx.com and customize your look today. Eastgate Custom Graphics, the official imprinting and apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast. 
and we'd like to and we'd like to welcome everyone back live from Braxton Brewing here in Covington, Kentucky. We'd like to welcome again everybody that's uh, joining us on Periscope TV. Thank you very much, and uh, we'd like to thank everybody that's come out to Braxton today either to see us or uh, which there's a few people out here and uh, also just uh, visiting here at Braxton today while we're doing our program. We'd like to mention that we have our audience mic set up and if anybody out there would like to step up and ask ask a question of the Cincy Brewcast team or the Rouse family, all you've got to do is step up to our mic right here in front of our broadcast position and if you step up and ask us a question, we will give you a lovely Courtesy of Eastgate Custom Graphics in uh, Mount Carmel, Ohio. A beautiful Cincy Brewcast t-shirt. Brand new, hot off the presses, suitable for uh, wearing to craft beer bars or wearing on a construction site or perhaps washing beer glasses or or as an emergency emergency diaper for changing the baby. So anything that you want to do. Tying the Christmas tree to the car. uh, And for the first two people that ask questions, I have two stickers, two two gnarly gnome stickers, the last two of this batch. Excellent. So 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 come ask questions, people. Limited edition. So please come out and ask a question of our panel uh, this afternoon. And um, so, Jake, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yes. And it, 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 it's, it's – how do you keep track of it all? How do you keep abreast of everything that's, that, that happens? You yeah. Know? That's a great question. It's, it's not easy. Uh, it's, it's not easy. We, we move at a 1,000 miles a minute, and everything we're trying to do is, is really at its core to deliver an experience that you can't get anywhere else, right? So it's, it's for us, it's – all of our meetings look like, how do we get better? How can we continue to improve on different things? Uh, what events can we bring to life that you know, fit our brand? Where can we play in events outside of the, you know, these walls? Um, it's, it's been interesting, a real interesting four months. Uh, we were listening to the, Tina and I on the car, uh, in the car on the way down, we're listening to the interview that we did with you guys um, back in March. And we were talking about the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And one of the interesting comments that we kind of pulled out of there is that you said that Braxton would have happened, Kickstarter campaign or not. But would Braxton have happened in exactly the same way? Would it have... Right. How how different would Braxton look today had the Kickstarter campaign not taken (laughs) off or never even happened? Yeah. A a lot different. Um, I, I can tell you that we spend a considerable amount of time with our backers. Um, we ask them questions, we get feedback from them consistently. Uh, each one of them has my personal email and phone number, so if they ever have things that they bring to me, we treat them as partners almost. Uh, in fact, we've been, we've been doing a lot of the evening with Braxton's, which are dinners uh, that people backed us for. That's a one-on-one with the four of us and, and their friends. And just to hear their thoughts on what we're doing, where we're going, what they'd like to see, uh, it really provides an amazing sounding board, and it's also an amazing advocacy, right? So we have 700 people walking around who are talking about us to their favorite bar and restaurant, and they're you know they're asking questions about what kind of beers can we come up with, and and we're actually about to have a bunch of people start test batching some stuff here pretty soon. The people who participated in the test batching experience. So would it have happened? Yeah, absolutely would have happened. Would it have been like this? No. I mean, it's it's been so amazing to get that invested feedback from people that we know really quickly you know how to run decisions and, and make the right ones how big do you guys want to get 
I mean, That's a great it, question. I mean, how you know? Right. What's great, the limit? You're yeah. not even six months in. You have an incredible following. You're doing incredible work. I, I just got a taste of the trophy here. If you have not had it, you've got to come down here and get some. It's it. it it drinks like it drinks like a double. I mean, it drinks like an imperial IPA, yep. and it's got that whole melon uh, hop, single hop. It's just it's just fantastic. I drank something. What was that we had last week? The whole melon. That was glow from Rhine guys. Man, I mean, you know, this is like <laughs> you can say it. I won't. It's a million times better. This There's, is yeah. This there is, is no contest. This is really really mm-hmm. nice. Okay, you know the other the other was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, what I'll say, it's, it's something that we talk about a lot. How big do you want to be? How quickly do you want to be there? For us, um, we're, we're not going to make a commitment one way or the other. I mean, we, we're going to do what feels right, right? Because the minute we move away from what's core to what we're doing, which is providing a unique space, a unique opportunity that beer can be more than just an alcoholic beverage, the minute we move away from that, we will have known that we've reached the upper limit of where we can grow. But, I mean, with Trophy, Trophy, in my opinion, is the most excited beer that we've ever brewed, right? I I'm still, to this day, love that beer. And very few people know that we actually did that as our give-back beer. So we give 5% of all the proceeds from Trophy to Northern Kentucky-based community projects. Uh, and Stagnero, we're only distributing it in Northern Kentucky, and Stagnero is also matching that 5%. So... For us, it's all about, again, this, this beverage that we put in a glass and enjoy can mean more than just having a good time. And that can be about you know, having a business meeting. It can be about having you know, time with your friends. I've said it a few times. It's super cheesy. I say it in some of our marketing meetings that to us, beer was the first social network. Right? It was always right. served in multi-packs. Right. It was always meant to be shared with friends. Um, we, we really love that. So how big do we want to get? I mean, frankly, we, we see an opportunity. We, we love what we're seeing and hearing in the market about how we do things. Um, we have a very big personal touch on everything that we do, and it matters to us. Personal touches don't always scale. So the minute that you know we feel like we can't do things or are making decisions based on things that you know don't fit with who we are as a company and, and who we are as a team, that's when we'll know we'll, we'll be at the point that we need to stop. We've had a fan uh, step up to our audience. Sure. Mike, please mention, uh, please give us your name and uh, ask your question. Tell us where you're from. Uh, Chuck from Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, hey, Chuck. How you doing? How's doing? Welcome to Cincinnati. <laughs> Born and raised Cincinnati. Okay, uh, well, you know, all right. <laughs> uh, Welcome back, then. Welcome yeah, home. There you go. I have what I feel like a very novice question, uh, but it's one I've pondered about previously so hopefully this is easy for you guys to answer especially since with all the logger experience you have i feel like all the ales get to have fun they get to venture out they get to try all these flavors they can do all these things loggers for the most part their range is limited um is there a reason for that so maybe some education or is there an opportunity for them to branch out and become more of different styles that we could actually try with the logger yeast there is absolutely a, a way to branch out with loggers um, so so it, um, it 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 goes back to a lot of different things you you tip your standard beer experiences you've got the macro brewers that are literally only brewing the same call it six beers all loggers um, there are probably two dozen different lager yeasts that will change the profile of every beer you brew. So if I was to brew the same beer and use a different yeast two dozen times, it would be different. 
the way you brew it with decoction, not decoction, um, the amount of hops you add. So there are a lot of different styles of lagers, but the problem is with the craft beer movement, not many people are brewing lagers. And the reason is, is because that lager will tie a tank up for 2x the amount of time that an ale will, right? So I can turn an RAPA 14, 17 days, whereas a lager will take a month, maybe a little over a month, Whereas, you know, so that's what that's the reason not many people are doing lagers, because they can brew 2x the amount of that ale that that lager takes up in that tank. Um, well, and I would, kind of, sorry, I would kind of imagine that at this point as well, um, just kind of not many brewers know how to do it well. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. There's not a lot to hide behind in a lager. Right. Oh, absolutely. We, we do have absolutely. some plans for some lagers with really fun ingredients. I will be so. back to try them. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you for your question. We've got uh, another one, I believe, coming up right here with this adorable yeah, little doggy. The, Hi, doggy. With the Dachshund. Very nice. Thank you. Yes. Uh, give us your name, where you're from. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm from Western Hills. Hey, Tom. And I've got two questions. So the first is, so kind of being a novice, what's the official difference between a stout and a porter? Fair enough. That's a great That's question, a really and one question. that not a lot of people know. So the difference between a stout and a porter is not only the, the, the difference of roasted malts that you're using, but typically it's the size of ABV. Uh, so your porters are going to be a little less in alcohol by volume. Your stouts are going to be a little higher. Okay. Um, but also, you're, not that typically people will look at the difference in color between a stout and a porter, but there's a significant difference. Uh, your stouts are going to be a lot darker, and they're going to be a lot of more roasted malt forward than your porter are going to be. Okay. Uh, so that's a, that's a general kind of term. Um, porters, depending on the porter you're looking at, might be hot forward, whereas stouts will never be hot forward. Um, so that's, on a, on a generality term, that's kind of the, the main difference. Nice. Okay. And my second question would be... You don't get two t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just go for him, I guess. Well, uh, dog bed, that's, that's one of the many uses. So my second question would be, which is it easier to flavor? A stouter or a porter? Yeah. So they're both pretty easily, they're both pretty easy to flavor. Uh, and that, that kind of goes back to how they're brewed and the fact that they're going to be heavier in body, uh, they're going to be higher ABV, and they're going to have a lot more flavor uh, than, say, a Storm or a lighter beer. Uh, because you've got so many roasted malts, um, you have the ability to kind of flavor them with other, whether it's fruit, dark fruit, coffee, whatever it is. Uh, both of them lends themselves to very easy availability to flavor. Um, I can flavor a stout just as easy as I can a porter because it's so dark. Uh, and the body, I've been the overall, this, by the way, <laughs> we the, know, the the overall kind of. characteristics that both those beers have gotcha. uh, give themselves the kind of easiness to flavor them. Whether, you know, Storm can be hard to pair a particular fruit flavor with or whatever flavor that may be, whereas the darker roasted malts kind of lend themselves a greater variety of things to add. Great. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Going back to our, the, when we went in the Wayback Machine on the way down here in the car and listened to our second program, which is, by the way, on our 
website, uh, www.cincybrewcast.com. SoundCloud, Mike at Cincy Brewcast, also available on iPod or uh, iTunes, rather, and Stitcher. Uh, you can listen to the second Cincy Brewcast ever, which it was had, so cute, uh, guys. which had all the, which had these <laughs> we, which had these men on. <laughs> we didn't have any music. We were all still using this little. It was it was very cute. It's adorable. It's not called it's fu- cute. It's, Come it's on. fun to go back to your humble beginnings. One of the questions I asked was about packaging, and you guys said at the right time. Is it, are we getting closer to that time? Maybe. No. Yes, we are getting closer to that time. Okay. Uh, exact timeline, uh, we, we honestly don't know. Right. Um, but we... Does that all go back to sort of that labeling stuff and all of that? Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean. it's um, you know, it's... it's the, the, the explosive growth in the industry is, is not only caused strains and regulation, but also manufacturers of cans, right? Sure. So there's, you know, there's canning, there's, there's the, and, be able to get all the uh, stuff. Aha! So ah, that is canning. what you're going to do. We've, because we've, uh, in our previous <laughs> interview, I said, well, you've said cans, bottles, well, maybe we'll do we've a since, seasonal, we, yeah, we've seasonal since, in the bottle, and, you know, we'll, we'll take yeah. the little individual kegs on our backs and pour people, you know, you uh, out of the... <laughs> yeah, so it we, is, is going to be we canned. We are canning. Um, we, we do believe that that's the best vessel for the beer. We will also bottle high-end seasonal oh, okay. things like perhaps the trophy, the Deadlow starter, Deadlow, uh, you know, Deadlow all different coffee, types of stuff yeah. that we're really trying to figure out. Again, it's, it's all about making sure that we don't grow too fast. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting closer. I'll tell you that much. Excellent. Excellent. So if, you know, would you be doing it yourself? Is it a mobile canning, you know, with, with Buckeye or yeah, whatever it may be? that's an awesome question Sorry, well. he pointed at me with a question. I had to throw something. <laughs> I hate shopping. I hate, I, I'll say this, I hate shopping unless it's for stainless. So, yeah. I might be shopping right now. I gotcha. Um, we, for a lot of reasons, would love to bring it all in-house. Um, mainly, the, the biggest one being that we have absolute control, control. over the quality. Um, when you when you go towards mobile canning, uh, you have to put in place certain standards that that you want to hold yourself to. Now, the reality is is that stuff has a long lead time, right? It it takes a lot of time to manufacture. Uh, the way our building is set up is we've got to spec it pretty pretty intensely so that we can fit it back there. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we'd like to bring it in house. Uh, at the same time, we're we're open to exploring uh, what some of the other breweries have been doing in mobile canning as well. Right. So, you want to keep going with this topic, or you want to jump to something else here? You know, I. There, <laughs> it's always uh, scary when he just points at us. I know. And we're like, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> um, well, I guess I can kind of kind of you know go into kind of one of the questions that I had. And we've touched on it a little bit. Um, you know under various topics but kind of the idea of community um braxton has clearly brought people to covington and kind of is making covington a destination um what do you guys think about that because i know that was kind of one of your goals was to bring people to your neighborhood uh, bring people to your community let people know that covington is cool and a cool place to be so have you guys achieved that are you getting kind of close to that what's it it like seeing people from you know Western Hills or Fairfield or, <laughs> right. you know, what's it or like Charlotte. seeing people, yeah, seeing is, people come, um, to, uh, come to Covington because of you guys? The, the development that's happening in Covington and, and the, the 
impact that we're having on the neighborhood is hands down the most humbling piece to this entire thing. It was always a goal. It was always something that we wanted to do, right? We wanted to show people that this space could be really different and that this space uh, could really help to show off a neighborhood that is on its way up, right? It's, it's coming through a massive renaissance. Uh, they've announced an opening date for the hotel down the street, which is going to be another catalytic event. And I can't even tell you how many conversations I'm in with business owners that are looking right across the street to open something up. So for us, um, what's been great about it is we get to have a seat at the table now. We get we get to try to help, you know, shape what the community is going to look like going forward. Um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't work unless everybody's working at it together. So for us, uh, yeah, it's, it's been amazing to see. I mean, we. I can't even begin to tell you how many times people told us when we were starting this thing, no one's going to cross the river, no one's going to come over, you better plan for Northern Kentucky only, there's not enough population base in Covington, it's not your demographic, all the reasons why it you wouldn't know, work. We, and we, then we, I just show them pictures of this place well, on a Friday right. night I mean, it's, I we've, we've talked to, to Adam out at Old Firehouse, who ran into the same thing, what, what are you doing putting a brewery in Williamsburg, nobody's going to drive out to Williamsburg for beer, and it's it's... That's the fun part to me yeah. to see how breweries can change part of what their neighborhood or the city or just it, it changes it. It, it really does. does, and it's yeah. it's you know you guys are a prime example of it, and I think that you will be more in the in the coming years too. Well, and it all comes from the product, right? It, that's yeah. the that's what it, that's you've what got, I was going to say. That got, it's a testament you know, to your product. You've got that people are coming uh, for it. and again all the way from Charlotte. We're, we're a cra- <laughs> we're a craft beer show. It, it's the craft movement. It's a movement. It's not. A few beers here and there, or a couple of places that decided that they want to brew their own beer because they, you know, because they, because they didn't want to, they got tired of spending, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollars a week on beer. Uh, it's not cheaper to homebrew, by the way. Uh, Which we'll get into. We have but a it's question the, it's for the, I've got a question too. It's, it's the product, <laughs> and it's the movement. It's people realizing that not only can they have something better. But they can have something that's made in their neighborhood or close to it. It feels better. And well, it, and they can come here and meet you guys and talk to you guys, and they know where they're. You can talk is to the producer, from. you know, which is like almost like a farmer's market. You can go <laughs> and see the farmer that grew your tomatoes or your melons or whatever. You can come to this place or any of the other places that are that are that are coming online around town and speak to the people who make your product. I don't think that takes place any anywhere. Maybe restaurants farms. And, 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 and farms, <laughs> and farms. other than that, and, and you know, it's a credit to you guys, especially to bring something like that to a part of the greater Cincinnati area that, quite frankly, didn't have a lot going for it for the last, you know, thirty or forty years. So, well, I'll say this just just briefly to piggyback off of that is, yeah, it's a hundred percent about the, the product. And when I think about new breweries that are coming online now, and I've, I've met with several of them, I've heard with you know several of the business owners that are planning to do this, I, I think we're starting to see an uptick of people who believe that because they homebrew, they can open a brewery. Uh, and, and you're starting to hear a lot of that, and you're starting to hear a lot of the, you know, hey, I really want to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a space. I'm going to open it up, and we're going to go. This is really hard. Um, from a production standpoint, from a business standpoint, to make sure that you know your people are online, it's it's a, you know it's a very very difficult business. And and something Evan and I continue to talk about in all of our conversations is we owe it to the community that every single beer going out of this door is literally perfect, literally perfect in our mind. 
And if it is not up to the quality standards, it doesn't leave the facility, period. Right. Um, and that, like, the biggest thing, that's the biggest, when we meet with new brewery owners or people who are looking to do this or they're in planning, the first thing I say is, are, do you have a brewer? Um, because you get a couple of guys who are like, no, we're just going to do it ourselves. We're going to figure it out. I think that's fine. But the meetings that they go through to make sure that everything is specced perfectly is is not easy. And I, I just I warn everyone that... The well, quality well, is there's, there's, so important. There's so much money out there right now. Yeah, it's it, got to be just it's crazy be, it's tempting. Like the thing about the number of people that drink craft beer, right? So it goes back to when the first craft beer boom hit in the '80s, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, I tried IPA. I don't like IPA, so now I'm just not going to drink craft beer." And that's why the first craft beer boom died, was because they would go out, they would try a beer, they didn't like it, so they grouped all of craft beer under one umbrella. And it kind of faded off, and then it picked back up. The difference now is that the consumer is more educated, and the brewer is more educated. Do you think right. that because we've heard some commentary to the to the contrary, that most people out there still don't know what they're drinking? I will say this. I will say that the general popul- population knows at least enough to know, if they're a craft beer consumer, they know at least enough to know that this beer is foul, it's not good, versus overall craft beer sucks. Because uh, what was happening is they would they would drink one bad craft beer and they would populate all of craft beer into one umbrella. Uh, whereas now that the consumer, the brewer, are more educated. So if you go to Brewery X and say, I don't like their IPA, that doesn't mean you're not going to drink their I- any IPA again. Right, right. You're going to go to a different brewery, try their IPA, and it's going to be okay. Or I like- wonder... Well, go ahead, Tina. Oh. I'm sorry. No, it was just kind of a, a fleeting thought I had kind of comparing um, the cra- the craft beer boom kind of in the 80s and 90s to um, this one now, how much of it can kind of be attributed to the internet and technology and being able to look up a place or a beer or learn about your beer. Everybody has so much more access to information that you can kind of look up IPAs that you did like, and if you liked them, you can find more like this or things that you didn't like, and you know what to avoid. Um, just a thought. I've no other. I, I think no you're other exactly real, right. Yeah, no other uh, real. Um, <laughs> really core what we're trying to do. There, so. And then another thing is that back in the '80s and '90s, you'd go to a, a craft beer uh, brewer, and they might have an IPA and a brown, or an IPA and an amber, or an IPA. And now, especially guys like you and, and really everybody all over town, has 10 different varieties. If you don't like the IPA, you can get a brown. You can get an amber. You can get a stout. You can get a porter. You can get a, uh, you know, you can get a pale ale. You can get, you, so, you, so a lot of the brewers, if you don't like one beer that, that one brewery is making, you can just go right down the tap line and try another one until you find one that you like. So, I mean, I think that, and, and that's a credit to guys like you and, and a lot of the other guys around town are doing a lot of the same thing. It's not just IPAs anymore like it used Correct. to be. So can we, can we roll back to the homebrew kind of stuff? I know, Tina, you said you had a question about it. And I, you know, homebrewing is so centered, especially in Cincinnati, to this whole craft beer movement. I mean, you know that better than anybody else, that it always starts homebrewing. Um, do you guys plan on sharing recipes and that kind of stuff with the community? Is that something that you're going to tie in on the website? You know, Mad Tree's been really good about that, about 
putting we, the recipes we do. out there. We do. We do plan on sharing all of our recipes. Um, and it's, it's, it's part of kind of how we're growing. Um, right. Anybody that reaches out via email that asks for our recipes, we give them. Right. Um, just because that's how I started, right? Like if I wanted to brew a clone of that beer, that should be a comment to that brewer. Like, man, exactly. that's, that is awesome. Like I want to brew that myself. Um, so we, we are going to do that. Um, we've only done it in a way right now that if people reach out, we give them to them. Um, I hope hopefully in the future we'll have them on our website in homebrew format. Uh, that's kind of the end goal. We've not gotten there yet. Right. Um, we have them all in homebrew recipes, mostly because they all started as homebrew <laughs> recipes. And I, so. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> So if you want a beer, let me know. I can give you the recipe. <laughs> you don't want to taste my homebrew. <laughs> we, got a, we got a question at the audience, Mike. Please state your name and your offense. I mean, your, uh, where you're from. <laughs> we know Jen. Jen. She's, she's a good I'm from Batavia. Um, my question then kind of is along the lines of the developing your recipes from homebrews and stuff. And I heard you earlier saying you're going to do test batching and investors tasting it. Do you always start off with a small batch then before you go big? No. Awesome. <laughs> that, that's the funny, that's I, the funny uh, that's part. That's my so question I like to ask. There, I know, sometimes if you just go big. <laughs> there, there are times that you just go for it. Uh, the perfect example would be 1957. Um, there are people that would be amazed to know that we didn't test batch 1957. Uh, or there's a couple other beers like uh, Twisted Bit. We didn't test batch that either. Uh, we kind of had an idea of the end product that we wanted, um, designed the recipe, and went for it. So for 1957, we, we laid out exactly what we wanted, exactly what we wanted to accomplish, uh, and we brewed it. And it turned out very, very well. So Awesome. Back. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Back to the homebrewing. Because we're on it. We're, we're planning, I think, something through the month of October on the show, we're going to plan on doing some highlighting of homebrewing. Uh, we're toying with a couple of ideas. But we, we've heard that the craft beer, you're a former, you're a homebrewer, you're a former homebrew supply shop employee, uh, Evan. Is, is homebrewing starting to die because the craft beer movement has become... Well, I mean, that's kind of a... Uh, uh. Don't make it. Uh, that's, that's clickbait. <laughs> that's say, like your, don't, your yeah, damn don't, don't make it, beer bubble question. Did I ask it wrong? As black and white as that. Let me finish my beer. I'm what is <laughs> your opinion, Evan, I'm not, I'm on the, the future of homebrewing? Because we have, like I said, we have, like he said, we have heard that homebrewing is down as the craft breweries that people can actually go to have beer that is better than what they could make at home. So why would they do it at home? You know, um, and so, I'll, I'll, I'll attest to that. Like I, if, if, people like you did not exist i would be a home brewer more than what i am now i don't but you brew can go that somewhere else and get because good i'm not but would i be get better I, you know I, that's a that's a hard question you know so, so so i'll say this i as a home brewer just just going back what six months before this place <laughs> existed six, six, long six, months, six months ago long when months i was ago. slowly home brewer. Ago. So go back six months i loved it it, it was a hobby it right. was something that every Saturday and Sunday that is what I was going to do um, and I can contribute to a lot of things 
Uh, I was you're, still you're also like a freak of nature homebrewer who's extremely talented <laughs> from the get-go. <laughs> you're not like us. No, but but at the same time, like I was still working at Hofbrau, like brewing beer there. So like even my boss was like, "Why are you going C- home and case brewing?" Case in point. Right. <laughs> why, why are you going home and brewing beer? I'm like, because it's what I love to do. But it all goes back to a certain date and time. Like I was working at a local homebrew shop. And I had met a few people that were getting ready to start a homebrewing club. And I met all of those guys, and I loved them. They're like, it was just a fun group right. to hang out with. And I think that's what kind of facilitates like a homebrewing movement, is that you have friends that you love to hang out with, you love to brew beer with. Um, so we would brew beer at home occasionally, but we would always go out with people and brew beer together. Uh, and that's kind of what made the difference. Uh, that, that particular homebrewing club, and I remember this to the day, simply because I woke up this morning. You know, Facebook reminds you, oh, this is what happened three years ago yeah. to this day. <laughs> yeah. Well, three years ago to this day actually was when the Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild had an, Northern, or an Alzheimer's Walk fundraiser at Madry. It was three years ago. We held a massive fundraiser at Madry. They weren't even open yet. That's funny. They had us at, no, they were they had us in their tap room. We held a massive fundraiser to raise money for our Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild Walk Team for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh-huh. And the only reason they had us was because we were homebrewers. Right, right, right. It, homebrewers, I feel that don't stop homebrewing because there's a lot of breweries open up, nor open a brewery because you're a homebrewer. You can't open a brewery because you're a home brewer. It's just not that right, simple. Right. So sort right. of the that, difference is there's two different types of home brewers. The type that do it because they love it and like to do it as an activity and those who are doing it to make beer for themselves. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So we get, That's a great clip. Let's let's kind of jump on the whole some of us are just not as as apt at it as other people. And we'd have all heard that Jake isn't allowed even on the brew system. <laughs> What about what about your dad? What about Greg? Is he gonna get in there and, and, and have a batch of, of whatever his beer is? Is he gonna brew something? I mean Me? Yeah. Do I wanna brew something? Well I am sure you I know you want to brew something. Are you is Richard and Evan gonna let you? Wow. They're Talk. not gonna let me <laughs> <That's> back. <laughs> You're talking about my question, man. <laughs> it's like family inside stuff there. Well, that's it? what this is. And, and <laughs> you know what? It, 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 it's fair game for you, sir. Um, <laughs> so for six years, he and I stood in that garage and brewed together, right? Right. Uh, well, he did most of the brewing. I did most of the cleaning. Right. And, um, and but, the tasting. And, well, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, isn't that a dad's yeah. job, yeah. cleaning up control. after their kids? Yeah. And, and, and you know what? That, that's okay. <laughs> He's still but, cleaning up after me after some 26 years. But we brewed, okay. we, we brewed some phenomenal beer out there um, that has not yet made it onto, onto the system. Um, I, I will tell you, first and foremost, the, the one beer that I'm always on him and Richard to brew is the Saison. We that's, have a phenomenal Saison recipe. And I, just, I can't talk my way onto it yet, right? Uh, but I'm working on it. Um, yeah, they're not going to let me brew back there with them, and that's okay. So what I'm doing instead, Noam, is I'm, I'm working on my retirement plan from 8451, right? <laughs> that three- to five-year range, uh-huh. what do I want to be doing? Yeah. I just want to mop the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe maybe we can start some kind of a uh, Twitter movement to let Greg brew. <laughs> <laughs> or, to, or to let Greg mop. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, they'll let me do that. I don't I don't know if Richard would. You know, and and maybe I'm making this up. I remember hearing some kind of story about. I, I have to look at my notes here. I continue on with the questioning. I need to dig into something here real quick. Wait a minute. You just can't. You can't just do that. <laughs> you can't just abandon your post like Listen, that. I'll no. tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's do uh, a little bit of business. Uh, we've got a great show coming up next week, uh, and uh, we'd like to tell you about it uh, right now here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, Mike Cisneros here, and on the next Cincy Brewcast, we'll welcome John Bent, the Kraft Brands Manager from Seligman Distributing in Wilder, Kentucky. John's going to introduce us to Wild Ginger, the first American-made alcoholic ginger beer. We'll taste Wild Ginger on its own and in cocktails, discuss the production process involved in creating a ginger beer, and get a sense of the unique flavors that have made imported ginger beers a fast-growing segment of the beer industry. We're also in for a treat as we try a selection or two from John's private cellar. As a distributor, you've got to believe he has some special bottles lined up for us. Plus, we'll have all the features you've come to expect from Cincy Brewcast, what's coming up this week in beer, an all-new question of the week in Asked and Answered, and of course, in addition to our guest's special selections, we'll root around and see what we can pull from the beer fridge. So join me, Cincy Beer blogger The Gnarly Gnome, and the queen of Cincy Craft Beer commentary, Tina Cisneros, on our next all-new edition of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, we just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine, at Cincy Brewcast. You can also subscribe to the show on some of your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud. Just search Mike at Cincy Brewcast and search Cincy Brewcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. A brand new way to interact, you can leave us a Google voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send us an email at cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the contact us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are uh, rolling into our last uh, few minutes here with uh, Greg, Jake, and Evan Rouse of Braxton Brewing. I would be remiss if I did not thank Jonathan Gandalf, the marketing manager of Braxton Brewing Company. Let's Yay! give Jonathan a big round of applause. Uh, I thought he was going to join us, but I don't know when he chickened out, or I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to run the social media. Somebody's got to. Somebody's running the social we're, media. We're down, we're down a social media. By the way, tonight. sitting directly but, across from me is one of the interactive social media screens. So every time somebody tweets and stuff, I see it, and it's really distracting. It's one of the coolest things, though. <laughs> it isn't is it? really it's fun. So cool. I remember it, the first time I was sitting here and watched oh, my tweet come we've up got on our little, the screen. Uh, we've got our little. I was like, that's insane. We got our little Cincy Brewcast mic flag. Oh, right. Now, yeah, now I distracted Mike too. <laughs> oh, and don't don't ignore the fact that I'm getting texted by like 30 different homebrewers saying homebrewing is not dead. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what happens when you have all friends that are all homebrewers. Um, well, good because, and I was gonna say that. First of all, it's the incubator. 
It is. It, it's it's the it's the minor leagues, I guess, of of craft beer, and I was going to mention also that uh, uh, that someone saying they're going to stop homebrewing because all of these craft craft beer outlets has come up is like somebody like me saying, saying I'm going to stop quit. cooking. Or quit, right, right. Or quit stop so many good restaurants. restaurants or quit playing golf because, you know, Tiger Woods and yeah, Jordan Spieth are out me, there. For me, it was so, a great I mean, right? So, like, even you know. when I started working at Hofbrauhaus, House, it was, you know, I'm going to brew a lager. I'm going to bring it to the, my boss that's been brewing at Hofbrauhaus for 10 years. And I'm going to give it to him. I want to I see what he says. Right, right. Right, and that's kind of the thing. Like, as a home brewer, you want to beat the person that you're trying to repeat. Right? You okay. want to make a better beer than Dogfish had 60 Minutes. Yeah. Even if it's a clone, is, is that the best beer recipe? To you? you want to yeah. make no. That's an example. <laughs> you want to you want to make a recipe, or even if you're using a clone recipe, you want to better represent that style. When you're not drinking Braxton beer, what are you guys drinking? <laughs> See, that's easy for him. Really? Are you kidding me? What's your go-to? Everything. Gumball. <laughs> well. I'm, so, I've so been spoiled. I was gonna say when you can get it, right? I've it's been I've been spoiled. I'm with sure he head. has no problem getting uh, it. Well, now. sure, I guess. I have I have a decent cellar made up, so anytime that I'm at home, I'll dive into that. I've got a lot of Bourbon County brand stout, so especially for kind of more easy nights, I'll bust out a few of those. Um, I I like a little bit of everything. Uh, yesterday we were at the pool. We drank a lot of Mad Tree Shade. Yeah. If you've not had you that beer, it is oh, amazing. It is so good. Oh that well, is. let's not let's do a little promo grifter. of our show a couple of weeks ago where we were with the Hop Water guys yep. and our uh, resident mixologist Tina here put together a really nice cocktail. I did. It was a cocktail with uh, it was one and a half ounces of blackberry hop water simple syrup, which I made myself. Um, we had two ounces of Bombay gin, three ounces of shade, three ounces the of which is the official name of the of the uh, cocktail. Uh, half a fr- half a lemon's worth of fresh fresh squeezed lemon juice, and then what else? Oh, and, and then the hop water. and then, I, and then, then yeah, you shake topper, it yeah. and then yeah, top it with hop water. It's really good. Yeah, we, really good. We we had a few shades. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was delicious. That's that good. beer is awesome. What about Jake, Greg? What about you guys? Uh, when I'm not drinking Braxton, it's it's out of the cellar. I am a huge fan of Cascade Barrel House in Portland. Okay, um, we're actually going to Portland. They do all sours, um, and it's phenomenal. When we fly up to Portland and Widmer, we actually extended the trip by a day so we could make sure that we spend some time out there. Um, so yeah, I, I drink a lot of that. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of local stuff, too. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of really great brewers in the city putting out a lot of really great beers. So we're, you know, we always try to, to support that when we can. Rick? Three philosophers. That's it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have a cellar full of it, five years dating back. I can do a vertical anytime that I want. It, it's my deserted island beer, although it really doesn't fit with what island beer. Right, right. <laughs> what? what are you doing tomorrow? What? What are you doing tomorrow? I, I, uh, I, I just, I've always, I've always loved that beer. Um, I still, um, I, well, you know what? I, I, I drink a lot of Mantry stuff, and um, and I also drink a lot of Goose Island stuff, Sophia, Lolita, stuff like that. So. so, you know, jumping on some of these sour kind of questions here. Do you guys have plans? We heard, you know, from from the get go that it was in, in in this grand scheme. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. 
so, yeah, it, it goes back to kind of everything that we set out to do when we decided to open Braxton. Um, just not, not to set ourselves apart, but just being different, right? So we can brew ales left and right. We have the ability to do amazing lagers. You've tried Twisted Bit. Um, but part of that same kind of custom design that we did in our brew house allows us to do some kind of traditional Belgian souring techniques, uh, such as turbid mashing and, and, and so on and so forth. So we have the ability to brew amazing <laughs> sours. We've not done one yet, but we will have an amazing sour program. My guess is it'll start pretty soon. So it kind of um, sounds like, to me, the big takeaway of, oh, is Braxton going to do this? Is Braxton going to do this? It's all just a matter of time yes, before it's, we it's, see what it's we, you know, the, the yeah. Well, right. What we want to do, though, is we want to make sure that we do it right. That is the one thing that I can tell you what we do with everything that we try to do is we're not rushing things to market. We're not, like, when we do a sour, it's going to sit in that barrel for four or five months if that's how long that it takes, right? right. And Everything that we do, from glassware design, I know Noam and I had a, a conversation about that, uh, to, to a specific beer design, like we want it to be different and we want it to be meaningful, everything. So it's all in the grand scheme. It's about sitting down and plotting out, you know, how do we make sure that we're staying true to who we are, staying true to the people who love and respect us growing, right, and, and meeting new accounts and new placements. Uh, I don't know if you saw it on Friday, but... Uh, Benito uh, Melendez, one of the good friends of ours, and over at the Reds, he, he shared that the, the Bengals have picked up craft beer as well, and we're fortunate oh, to have. Thank God. God! It's about time. Thank God! Oh, man. We're, we're fortunate enough to have two handles there. Um, so really, just trying to two handles. Two handles. Yeah. Do we so, know? Do we know what yet? Uh, not yet. No, not not quite yet. But we're um, we're working on all of those different things, right? But again, it's it's all about making sure that everything we do is meaningful put out in a way that is true to who we are and, and hopefully gets received well in market. Okay, so, so jumping back again, you know, every time you guys tell us about things you like and things you do, you know, it brings more questions. You talked about shade and you yeah. talked about three philosophers and your fruit beers. Do we have plans for doing fruit yes, beers? Yes, no, we it's have... just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you listening over Did, there? Do you even <laughs> listen to the show? It's... <laughs> I, I will say this, at any, at any given point, we have a long list of beers that we want to brew and beers that are in the queue. Uh, so there will be... We, we, Which list had, is it on? We, we've had... We've, had, we've kind of broken that into, up. okay, here's, here's what we want to brew and then kind of we can fill the production schedule. Okay, here are empty tanks. Let's fill these with fun beers. Uh, the problem is with especially sours and fruit beers to do them right. Even if they're in the production schedule next week, you might not have them for three months. Right, but it's still fun to think about. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we so you had um, you did the uh, the Sparky Sparky Sunday. What it was the Sparky the, the 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 Sparky Sundays? Is that what it was? Yeah. Right. Um, and they had the, the the peach infused one. Like you know, fruit is fun and beer. You yes. Know? I mean, people. Yeah. There was. There might what, be a fruit. What, what kinds of give us give, <laughs> give us something a fruit there, there that you be. love? There you don't be. not that might be in the pipeline. It's a fruit that you love. Give us a fruit that you what's love. Your, what's your, fa we, what's your favorite fruit? That? That's a fruit, fruit show or a, or a beer show for Christ's sake? <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> what's your favorite fruit? I I am I'm a bananas huge. and apples. <laughs> 
That's a weird answer. <laughs> I don't know the last time I, I saw you I eat a banana. <laughs> I'm a huge, you know, you talked about shade. I love Soul Drifter in the summertime. I love strawberry beers. I think they're amazing. Well, I, I tried I tried shade that morning at Molly Malone's. I think it was 1045. <laughs> I was eating my Nothing brunch. Wrong with That's that. not a bad time to actually Saturday. try, try a beer it's like totally that, acceptable. actually. Yeah, totally acceptable. Totally acceptable. And then uh, we went up to Jake's pool, and I was like, man, I'm... Jake's like, I got growlers. I'm like, yeah, I think I need to grab a six-pack of shade. And so I did. So I yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's another thing that's great about beer. It, it, your, your mood can dictate what you feel like drinking on oh, a particular yeah. day and, and how much and, you know, whether you want to bounce around or whether you want to stick with one solid thing, something that's not too challenging or something that's really complex. Like you said, three philo- from shade to three philosophers, you can't get a wider gulf oh, yeah. than, than that. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, so. Um, the fact that you own a brewery doesn't dictate what you want to drink. Yeah. Well, well it, no, it really it, doesn't. Yeah. It almost seems like a little bit narcissistic to like really like love and drink your own beers. Well, lot, we, do. It? I mean, we do. I think it's ease. Like, oh, what's your favorite beer? Well, Mine. That's not, that's, not what, that's not all we drink. Sure. Right. Excellent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know. I would hope that you would spread it around, spread oh, the love around. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I gotta tell you, it's been a fantastic uh, afternoon. We can't thank you enough. Uh, any final thoughts from anybody? Uh, I asked you guys what your what your level, measure, whatever of success would be. I mean. You're four months in, but man, I can't imagine you guys have anything that you regret or wish would have gone differently. Or uh, I mean, it seems like it seems like it seems like it's running. It seems like it's running along well, splendidly. I'll say this: thanks to Jonathan on the outside, it looks like it's running really smooth. Right. I mean, we, <laughs> so that's all marketing. He's really phenomenal at, at telling our story. I mean, I can tell you this: it was the most humbling. I, I don't know if I was. Excited about this, laughed a little bit or, or what, but we, we had a request three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Somebody thought we were a franchise and oh, asked really? if they could buy a location of <laughs> oh, our accident. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> that's little, crazy. Little um, I, think, um, <laughs> I, I think to me, if looking back in the first half of the year and, and what's happened in the first half of the year with Braxton, the biggest thing that I think we need to do a better job moving forward is the tech piece. Uh, we've always been core to having tech be a part of what we are. We've got amazing internet, startups, all that stuff. I think we made good strides, but we have a lot of really interesting ideas about what you can do from your phone, and we can't do that until we port the app to Android, until we begin to develop and invest in the app and be able to really grow it to what it can be. Um, so I think that we've got really, really good ideas around that is, but it, but again, when you're growing as quickly as you are in the back, you know, to buy tanks as investment to all that, we need to make sure we're focusing on our core business. So it's interesting. It, it is top of mind in all of our meetings is, you know, are we staying true to that one tenant of who we are? Uh, and I think that, I think we need to do a better job at it moving forward. From the brewing end? A lot of really great new beer. <laughs> Excellent. So there's there's and, 20 taps in that wall. From over sort there. of the family patriarch, <laughs> from, from the patriarch perspective, in. keeping the boys focused and going down the right path. Uh-huh. I'm an ext- I'm an extremely proud father, and, and I'm very very thankful to be part of this. I really am. But at the end of the day, this business is for them, and and they're doing they're doing this right. They're they're doing it right. 
and uh, we're all extremely proud of them. And uh, we're, we're going to continue to make sure that we keep going the right way. But you can't get too emotional here. I can't what? I, you can't get too emotional. I think no, I, I'm not. I think emotional. I teared up um, two different two different nights at this brewery: the Kickstarter night and then the the grand opening night with no, Richard I'm, and both and in you with no, the speeches. No, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I, I I can't hide that. I'm not crying on the right. air. <laughs> uh, Folks, I don't think that we can end it on a better note than that. Uh, we'd like to thank Greg, Jake, and Evan Rouse, uh, Braxton Brewing Company. Please, Yay. let's have a nice round of thank applause. Thank you, guys. We'd like to thank everybody that's joined us both here in the Braxton Garage on uh, Periscope TV Live Worldwide. Uh, and, of course, you can get the podcast uh, probably starting late tonight or early tomorrow on uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, My name is Mike Cisneros, Tina, at OPG. OPG, yeah, you know me. Tina Cisneros, the queen of Cincy Craft Beer Commentary, the Gnarly Gnome, Gnome. The Gnarly Gnome.com, and the Gnarly Gnome all over all of your favorite social media. And once again, we'd like to thank everybody that came out, Bob Cisneros and Richard Cisneros for technical support, and of course, Jonathan Gandalf as well for setting all this up for us. Thanks once again for joining us. My name is Mike Cisneros. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.